and welcome back to Ignite Your Spark with me, your host, Kim Selfie. This is the podcast for you if you are looking for inspiration, motivation, and or ways to ignite the spark that is truly inside of you. Now, your spark may have been dimmed a little bit, particularly over the past six, seven months during the era of the virus who shall not be named. Sometimes in this horrible time, we can make it better. It's a challenge often to wake up and smile or wake up and laugh when the world is spinning. However, we're not talking about any of that in this podcast. I am here to bring you conversations with people who can assist you in igniting your spark with tips and tricks that they use to shine brightly and the tricks that they use to help others do the same. So, okay, question, why do we want to ignite our spark? Okay, one, we feel better. Two, when we shine, others shine. And three, like attracts like. My parents always said that to me. You will bring more shiny and vibrant people into your life when you are shining. And you can always DM me with questions about, what do you mean by shining? You'll find out. Today, my guest is someone I am so proud to call a good friend and a fellow fashionista. Paul Jolch helps women and men shine by sharing his passion for clothing as a transformative tool. In other words, Paul is a personal wardrobe stylist at his company, Urbanite Suburbanite. He does have a jillion, okay, over 20 years of experience in the fashion industry, and he has degrees in business and clinical psychology. And that last one, that's very important for working with people and clothes. Don't you think, Paul? (laughs) You know, I definitely do. It comes in handy every single day. Well, welcome to my podcast, and thank, thank you, you for being. Thank you, I'm so excited to be here. My number one guest, yay! Oh, I didn't realize I was number one. I'm the number one shiner. You're the number one shiner. <laughs> <laughs> so I often equate shining with confidence and charisma and feeling good. And as a personal wardrobe stylist. How do you think that clothes make a person shine? How do you think they get, that clothes give someone confidence? I mean, I think, I think it's huge. And yes, you know, ideally we all want to exude confidence from the inside. But so many times a lot of what we feel is driven across what we see. And for a lot of people that's driven across how you feel about yourself is driven off what you see in the mirror. So when you feel really good about what you see in the mirror, that is just the best freaking way to start the day because you're going to exude that confidence and shine and sparkle all day. And I don't know about you, but I think all of us can say, especially in the world right now, shine and sparkle and joy, any opportunity we can find for that, we're going to do it because... There's enough going on that aren't sparkly right now, so I'm going to sparkle my ass off as much as I can. I know, and I have to laugh because when I talk about igniting your spark, people are like, oh, no, let's not light, light any sparks near the fire. No, I mean, in the forest. No, 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 no sparks. <laughs> but I'm talking internally, people, not 
literally. But I agree with you. And I don't always put on a fabulous outfit when I get up in the morning because I'm going to work out at some point prior to noon usually. But I will always put on mascara and lipstick and that helps me. But let's talk about the transformative power of clothes and maybe, you know, give some examples of people you might have worked with. I've seen, I've seen some of the testimonials and people love you and what you have created. So maybe tell us how you start with someone. Yeah. So thank you for saying that, by the way. I feel very grateful and honored for who I've had to work with and that people let me into their lives because it's a very personal and intimate experience working with a stylist, basically asking someone to come in and help you feel better about yourself. So, I mean, a big part of it is when I'm working with clients, it's really discovering a lot about them because what sort of ignites that spark in different people is different. And some people will get it through color. Some people will get it through more like fashion-y stuff. Some people will just get it by having a really pulled together outlook outfit that makes them feel finished off so they can get dressed, then forget about it and go forth and have a great day. So, I mean, I've worked with a lot of people at different points in their life. Like I've worked with a bunch of um, new mom clients and by new, I mean having kids like zero to five years old. And so their, their lifestyle is definitely different. You know, no kids before kids, lifestyle's different. And their work life might be different. They might have, made a different trajectory after they had the baby. They might be doing part-time work from home or whatever it is, and their bodies are definitely different. And helping these women feel good, not only in this new aspect of their life, but with a body that's very different than what they're used to is pretty amazing. And it's, it's honestly, it's tips and tricks I've learned over years in the fashion industry. You know, how to, I say, how to highlight your assets and how to downplay anything you're not comfortable with. And also, like I said at the beginning, really focusing on what you like and what makes you sparkle, whether that's color, whether that's a quirky print, whether that's fun shoes, because it's great for us to have those things and use them as a very deliberate tool, either in creating a wardrobe to reach goals or just creating an outfit to make you feel better on a certain day. I get that completely. But what if someone comes to you because they have no idea what makes them feel good, what they look good in, they hate everything in their wardrobe? How would you start with someone like that? So I feel like everyone innately has an opinion, has certain tastes and preferences and knows what they like. So how I start with people, I get many people who come to me who say, I don't know what to wear or, you know, I have no style. I hear that all the time. And I have them go on Pinterest. We do a little Pinterest exercise that I do with a lot of my clients, um, almost all of my virtual clients. And that's just going on Pinterest and doing a quick search relating to your lifestyle. If it's business casual outfits, if it's mom style, whatever it is, and then just start pinning the heck out of any outfit you like. Because people's tastes are more consistent than they think. So I'll have someone pin 30 to 50 outfits, then I'll go in and look at their Pinterest board and I will find commonalities within there. Whether it's shape, whether it's color, whether it's the overall attitude of an outfit, whether it's certain details. And I have honestly told people, I've said back to them what their Pinterest board showed me and they're like, 
oh my God, you know, I never thought about it. And that's exactly what I like. I had someone last month, I have a, a virtual service that's sort of an entry level service that I call Style Portfolio. And it's about helping you define and refine your style in words and pictures. And I had someone, she's like in her late 20s, and she was so clear on what her style was, but she didn't know it. So one thing she said to me after we went through the style portfolio process was that, thank you for helping me realize that I had a clear style and now I understand how to use it on a regular basis. Ooh, so that's that nice. That is great. Yeah. So what if in the time prior to this, someone said, I, I don't want to deal with Pinterest. Could you just, you know, when you could go into people's homes, remember those days, you know, yeah, go to people's I houses? Them fondly. Yeah, yeah, the time fondly, before. Very fondly. Uh, what if, would you be able to go in, I think I know the answer to this, and just, and meet a person for the first time, say they, they're just like, I don't have time to do Pinterest. I have this time and I'm going to give it to you. You know, I want you in my house. And I think you can do this because I know you so well, but you can size up a person just by what they happen to be wearing when you meet them. Would that be a valid statement? Yeah, the Pinterest exercise, like I said, is definitely for virtual clients and then some other clients for some different reasons. But in general, when I'm meeting a client in person and we don't do the exercise, we do a consultation. So we talk a lot about, of course, about their lifestyle, but also about their preferences, their interests, etc. And I tell people then, I take what they tell me, then we go into their closet and I take what their closet shows me. That spurs really useful conversations about what they really like. Someone might tell me they love color, but their closet is all neutral. So then we have a conversation around, do you really love color, but you don't know how to buy it or wear it? Or is your version of color navy blue because it's not black or white? So it's really good conversation. So yes, I can totally, I can't say that I could see someone in a second because sometimes an outfit is not a snapshot of their overall style, but definitely spending some time chatting and then looking at what's in their closet is a really good way for me to understand their style vibe, which I then say back to them because I confirm you like this, you don't like this, whatever, but also to help them think about why they're buying certain things and not wearing them or shying away from certain things that I think would be great for them. Because again, people do have, I believe, an innate, consistent taste around what they wear. Some people just have a harder time articulating it and they have to show it to me. Some people need it to be shown to them for them to understand it. I get it. I mean, I do get it. But, you know, I covet high fashion. You know, I really do. It's not practical. It's not in my beer budget, you know, champagne taste beer budget. <laughs> <laughs> but boy, I just would give anything to wear some of the designer clothes out there. And so I guess there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> well, but what I say to people, actually, someone said something. I might have seen it on Instagram where someone said it to me like several weeks ago and I just put a note in my phone. The phrase casual glamour. Mm. Because... You can have glamour. You can be a fashionista in very casual clothes. Like, let's say you did a Pinterest board for me and it was all like high fashion. Well, I would say let's wheedle down to what you love. Is it the color combinations? Is it the dramatic shapes? Is it the shine? Like, what is it that then we can pull down into outfits that make sense and items that make sense for your specific lifestyle? Because yes. usually there yes. are things we can 
pick and choose that can make you feel a little bit fashion and a little bit glamour. And I know you have things in your wardrobe just like this, <laughs> but a little bit glamorous on a daily basis, even when you're basing your outfit in jeans. Well, all those things you said about why high fashion, like them all, sparkle, shine, <laughs> construction, fabrics, colors. Really, if I were like 5'10 and 30 years younger, I really would love to be a model just to, just, just, you know, I don't care. I'll be a hanger. Just put the clothes on me. <laughs> well, and then I'm sure the models all say they get sick of those clothes and to them clothes don't mean as much. I know. Oh, yeah. Sadly, give me your closets, models. See what I can do with those. Anyway, I lost my train of thought because I got so excited about high fashion. You got distracted by the fancy, shiny clothes. I did. I did. Yeah, all but right, I all right. think there is, I mean, especially in the world we're in right now, we're in Corona land, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, let's talk about thinking, that. All I can wear is athleisure. I'm going to wear my workout clothes all day because I'm going to work out at the end of the day. And of course, and not because I'm a wardrobe stylist not because my livelihood is driven off people enjoying what they wear, but simply because of what you said when you introduced me at the beginning, that I have, a, what fascinates me, what truly fascinates me is the use of clothing as a transformative tool and that you can change your outfit and change your attitude. And I have to write that one down. Yeah, that was I've awesome. That before. Write that down for me and remind me. I'm later. writing it down. Um, change your outfit, change your attitude. And I'm going um, to... Totally can, because, I mean, we were, we've been talking about previously, like, the simple act of when you're putting on your workout clothes, wouldn't it be great to have workout clothes in fuchsia and yellow and bright blue and green that make you feel sparkly even yes. when you're going to work out just because you're at home all day doesn't mean need your doesn't mean your outfit needs to be gray figuratively and literally you can wear something fun that's still casual you can wear something that you enjoy when you're not leaving the house and this is something that i have written down because i posted on instagram a couple weeks ago you deserve to feel great about how you look even when no one is watching yeah, I agree. You are not just getting dressed for other people. The most important that will see you, person that will see you during the day is your reflection in the mirror. Right. Because that affects your self-image, your self-esteem, and it does affect how you move about in the world. Well, I totally agree. And, and during this podcast, not just our episode, but in future episodes as well, I will also be bringing in little um, stories about my life and how they relate and I'm just going to say this one thing about the transformative power of clothes. I, you know this, but my listeners may not. Produced fashion shows for over 20 years. And I saw the transformation that some of these women who were volunteer models went through with putting on an outfit that fit their body that may have been a little above their budget, that may be something that made them feel really special, get some hair and makeup and a little Kim coaching and some great music. And I saw them transform on a runway, two minutes on a runway. So I totally believe in the transformative power of clothes. I mean, I know when I put on heels, I walk differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I don't do that very often right now, <laughs> but someone <laughs> give me a chance. Anyway. Well, but, but it's huge. Like even when I'm, I'm with someone in a fitting room and all I ever ask my clients when we're in a fitting room is if I really believe in something, please try it on. It's you, me, a mirror, and possibly 30 seconds. 
So let's not let's stop talking about the dress and just throw the dress on. Tell me you love it. Tell me you hate it. We move on from there. But watching people put on something that they say, I never would have chosen this. I didn't think I could wear this or things to that effect. It's like I said, it just, that's the shining moment of what I do is when I can help someone see themselves differently in a way that they may have aspired to, but never allowed themselves to for whatever reason. So essentially they are becoming the person they admired that they never thought they could be. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Write that down too. Uh, okay. But I, I, they are becoming the person they admire, but never thought they could be. Oh, powerful words there, Paul, really. Paul has a great Instagram account for those of you listening who might be interested in just following him for his fashion advice and tips because he shares some great free advice every day. It's wonderful. I try and to be helpful. Yes, you are. You're very helpful. Let's talk about this time now since we are locked in our boxes on Zoom all the time, except I get so excited when I get to socially distance with someone because then I get to think about what I'm wearing. And that's, that's uh, really fun since we're not wearing, what, 90% of our wardrobe right now. So for the grocery store is enough of a reason to get dressed up. <laughs> exactly. I'm the best dressed gal at Whole Foods. <laughs> They're not paying me to say that, but if they want to. All right. So anyway, let's talk about, I love your newest post where you were talking about if you're tired of your athleisure and your cozy wear, an option for us is? Oh, what I posted today. Yeah. Um, today. yeah. So oh. it's an, an easy, versatile, not constricting, not tight dress. So it's definitely... You can call it a pandemic trend. It's definitely <laughs> come out this summer. It's people, that's what people call it. Quarantine trend, pandemic trend. But it's like the easy throw on one and done outfit that you can put on. Some people call it a house dress. Some people call it a nap dress. And what I didn't mention today that I forgot about is some people call it a porch dress. I think it's a very Southern thing to call it a porch dress. But, but that's you sort of understand that it's that easy dress that you can throw on put on a pair of shoes, pair of sandals, and you're sort of dressed and it's easy and it's comfortable and it still can feel like a complete outfit. And what I posted about today, today's post on Instagram relates to a blog post, is that you can wear the same dress inside and outside, depending on where you're going. If you want to wear it to like a socially distanced gathering, small gathering with friends, yada, yada. Um, but then you can also take the same dress, accessorize it differently and wear it straight into the fall. So it's not only versatile from a functionality perspective, it's also versatile from a seasonality perspective. Yeah, I, I, all I can think of when I think of house dresses are those things that, well, because I'm such a musical theater geek in Hairspray, that John Travolta in the movie wore over, you know, like it buttons up and it's floral and it's got a collar. And and if we're going to get technical, that's the house coat that you wear <laughs> over your slip. I know a lot of fashion history. That's the house coat that you wear over your slip when you come home and you want to take off your dress and you still have your slip on and you need to put something on, whether it's like the time between dinner and bed or you just don't want to get your dress dirty as you're cooking and an apron won't cut it. So that's technically a house coat. <laughs> See, I know crazy stuff about clothes. That's good. That's really good. Okay, thank you for that fashion historical moment. But, all right, so when you're talking a loose, flowy dress, 
Oh, and I remember what I was going to talk about before. But do you give suggestions on where to purchase these soft, cute items? I mean, I can't. Like, if we're talking like Instagram and blog, not typically. Sometimes on the blog, I'll note where things are from if people are looking for that specific one. Um, you know, and I'm always open to give people some ideas of brands. Like with that trend, so many brands are doing it. And I don't want people to get caught up. If you look for house dress, like on Pinterest or something, they're going to be these big, loose, flowy dresses. For me, it's any versatile, easy, and by easy, I mean easy fit, not tight, not fitted, not constricting dress in any like knit fabric or woven fabric. It's just a fabric that would transcend the seasons. But it's more about the function of it because a lot of those dresses right now are like ruffly and frilly. And if you're not a ruffly and frilly person, then you can just go for like a simple A-line straight down midi dress that does the same function. It's more about the function of it and less about the details. So in other words, something that covers the COVID-19, meaning the pounds people have put on with the sourdough bread. Believe me. I could use a house dress, and I will admit, we were in Palm Springs on vacation last month, and my version of a house dress was a caftan, because I have one, because I mainly bought because I'm very sensitive to the sun, so when I sit outside, it's helpful to cover most of my body. So I would like jump in the pool, and then over my swimsuit, I'd throw my caftan so I could still sit outside for a while, but there are days that I've definitely thought about couldn't I just put that on to hang around the house? Absolutely. I, done it yet, I give you full permission to do that. <laughs> I think a caftan's a great idea. And yours is really adorable because I saw oh, a I photo of it. Yeah. yeah. I would like to be by a pool in Palm Springs right now, but like that's okay. That We're, we yeah. are both located in beautiful Northern California and the yes. clear skies. All right. You know, there is something else. So I love that house dress, but not really house dress idea. But I wanted to talk for a minute about that dreaded fast fashion and your thoughts on that. So the reason fashion, fast fashion is fast fashion, the definition, by the way, of fast fashion, because I also have a very long, Kim said 20 plus years retail background, we're not gonna count how high that number could be, is fast fashion is stuff that they can make fast and cheap. That's why it's called fast fashion. They can hit trends, produce them within two months, which is a very small window in retail. Typically, it's six to 10 months, maybe 12, to, from product sort of inception of the design to in-store. They can make it in less than two months. Some of them have probably narrowed it down to a six-week um, sourcing cycle. But it's cheap. As a general rule, it is poorly made. So I do not think fast fashion has a place in any modern, versatile wardrobe. I would rather, I have this conversation with certain clients regularly. I would rather have you buy one top for like 60 bucks that's better made than three $20 tops that will die by the third time you wash them. Fast fashion is bad in my opinion because it's this constant cycle of buy and purge and buy and purge in your wardrobe. It is also very bad for the environment because where do those goes cl clothes go? I, I don't have the statistic in front of me, but a huge portion of the waste that is sitting in landfills is discarded clothes because some of them are not, a lot of them are not biodegradable. A lot of them nobody else wanted. You couldn't donate them somewhere. You couldn't sell them somewhere. So they end up getting thrown away. 
and they end up in the landfill. So that cycle of fast fashion is, I think, bad for our psyches of a constant cycle of buy and purge. It's bad for our closets because it's a lot of work to buy and get rid of and buy and get rid of and buy and get rid of. Even though it's a momentary, oh my God, I got this top for $10, that joy doesn't last when the top disintegrates. And it's just a general, in my opinion, bad thing when we are, have created a cycle where anything is that disposable. Yeah, and I agree with you. And aren't they unethically made? I mean, I'm sure that the factories in which this fast fashion are made are not taking care of their employees either. I, I don't know enough to say that unilaterally, but what I will say is the biggest driver in fast fashion is keeping their costs low, which can, of course, result in employees being underpaid or not paid out for all of their work. A lot of um, fashion employees are paid by the piece. So they are also incentivized to make things faster, which means it won't get made as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. Not that I haven't indulged in fast fashion in the, say that 10 times quickly in the past, but I am very cognizant now about purchasing. If I want to purchase something, I wait till it goes on sale if it's, you know, better quality. But the, see, then I go back and forth with like, you know, like the house dress kind of thing, you know, the, the thing that's so popular right now. You know, you don't want to spend a lot of money on something that may be a trend. So trendy items. I mean, I guess, I guess we could go to a, a retailer, a bigger retailer, I don't want to name any names, and go in the junior department or something if we wanted a trendy item because those are generally not considered fashion. Fast fashion, I can't say. Yeah, no, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're saying, and of course, there are times when you should spend less on clothes. It doesn't necessarily equate to fast fashion, but definitely, if you want to play with a trend, that's not a place to invest. But I would really, what I ask my clients to really think about is when they want to. First of all, when they tell me they want to dress trendy, I sort of reframe that into feeling modern and current within mm -hmm. your wardrobe. Feeling, not feeling like any of your clothes are dated or out of style. But really think through the trend, whatever it is, and think through, is this something I really like and will wear for seasons to come? Or is this something that I like essentially because I'm being told to like it and it's being shoved in my face in social media and advertising so much? If something's a trend that you love, let's say you decide that house dress just filled a hole for me, that if I get a decent one, and you can, it's not like a ton of money. You can spend 50 bucks on a decent one and I'll wear it every summer for multiple summers. I think that's totally fine. If you're specifically buying something that you think you're going to wear for months, I think you really need to rethink why you're buying it. Okay, I will. All right. I feel like you're talking to me. <laughs> no, I've been really good. No, but you know what I mean? That I many know. people buy things because they see other people wearing them and think that they need to buy them. Right. And it really is thinking about why you feel that need, which gets into the deeper meaning of who are you dressing for, for you or for them? Well, and also psychologically, you know, sometimes yep. some of us in the past, I don't do it quite as much, but we, it's called retail therapy for a reason. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing I do as part of retail therapy, I indulged in some retail therapy last month. I hadn't bought anything over the pandemic except a couple sweatshirts and I did indulge. But what I indulged in were things 
that A, are on my running list. I always have a list in my phone of what I know to be some of the holes in my wardrobe. I needed a new olive jacket because the one I've had for like seven years, I just don't really like. And I just, I'm, I've been waiting to find the perfect replacement. So that's always. I found one. I'm happy. I will donate that jacket. It is in perfectly good condition because I am very nice to my clothes. Um, and there were some other things that it's like, I can allow myself to buy because I know I will wear them as opposed to, like for me living in Northern California, we don't need super, super heavy duty sweaters. I constantly, once fall hits, see the cashmeres and the alpacas and the lamb's wools, and they're always like in the best colors and the best prints. And in my head, I'm like, why can't they make this in lighter weights? I don't need them. I will only wear them for two months of the year. Those are on my I love but I can't buy list. But then there's other things that are on the more mid-weight sweaters and other things that I know I will buy, but it's indulging in retail therapy in a very mindful way. So you are still filling gaps in your wardrobe, not buying the constant repeats of things and not buying things that you just sort of thought looked cute but had no idea how you're going to wear. And then I'll come into your closet a year later and there'll still be tags on it and we'll have a five-minute conversation about why you never wore it. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Well, I'll tell you, you know the one thing that I indulge in that I have bought are earrings because that really makes a statement and, you know, changes up your Zoom look for sure. <laughs> oh, totally. And now, like, especially looking where to invest now, if your priority might be work and work for you is on Zoom, you're going to invest in tops and accessories that people will see or accessories that make you feel good as opposed to, let's say, investing in shoes. I can probably say for most people, your shoe wardrobe is fine unless, let's say, you know, like for me, I can say, I need a new pair of sneakers to work out in because I have exercised more since the pandemic probably than I have in the past 15 years. And that's not a lot, science. Basically, <laughs> it's going from zero to something. Um, but because we, wa we walk a lot. So one of my shoes is getting a hole because I wear it three to four times a week for a three-mile walk. So that's where I would spend money on shoes. But basically what I'm trying to say is, like, pick your shots is either what's going to make you feel really good or you feel like is worth it because you're very aware of your appearance in certain situations, like on Zoom. So earrings are an amazing way to indulge in fun, inexpensive stuff. You know, yeah. I can't say if they're going to last forever or not. Neither do they take a ton of place in a landfill, but it's just an easy way to like brighten your day when you're wearing like just a solid top and you put on a cute little sparkly earring and you're basically just staring at yourself on Zoom because you think you look so cute. And I love that. Okay, we're going to have to wind up. That was a good thing to okay. end on. Do you have anything else that you can tell my lovely listeners uh, that might make them shine? Give us another tip. Give us well, a Zoom one of tip. My biggest one of my biggest, biggest tips that I think is important always, and I say specifically important now in the world we're in, and specifically important when a lot of us are doing interactions on camera, on Zoom, whatever, um, is really being aware of how you use color. So really, because I'm on a lot of Zoom calls, not as much as I'm sure a lot of everybody is who does all their work on Zoom, but like I'm on some calls where there's just mostly me and my client, but other calls I'm on with other people, with colleagues, where there might be like 10 people. There's one meeting that I'm on regularly that's like 30-something people. Mm. So wearing a bright color when you're one of 20 boxes on the screen, gets you noticed. Oh, and it'll, color. oh sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it'll make you shine. 
It'll make you shine. That, that's what I meant to say. Sorry. I, bad word choice. It'll make you shine on Zoom when you're wearing a bright color. I was on a Zoom call with, as I said, like a 30-something person meeting, and someone was wearing red. Someone else on the call commented that they love her red top. She is someone that I could always find on the screen because she was wearing a distinctive color. It just also brightens you up if you're trying to make a specific impression. If you're picking colors that flatter your face, it can also make you look better because it's more flattering to your skin, which makes you look better in the mirror. But also, if you have lighting to light yourself well on Zoom, that's harsher than your normal natural light. So it's, it's even more helpful to flatter your face deliberately a little bit more because I can speak for, I think, a lot of people. There's a lot of stress going on and we might not be sleeping as well as we want to. A nice flattering color can do tons for how you feel about yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror. Yes, it's flattering on Zoom, but for me it's even more that when I'm wearing like the right shade of green or teal or whatever, I'm in a green sweatshirt right now, and I look at myself in the mirror and it brings out the green in my eyes, I'm happier with what I see. And don't we all just want to be happier, especially now? So It's those, it's those little... I haven't thought of a good word of that, but it's like those little things that can make you shine. It's those little joys. It's those little pleasures that if you can just do those little things for yourself because you deserve it, we all need a little extra joy right now. We do. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for sharing your light with my listeners. And you. you are so fun to have. You will be back. Especially when things open up and we need to talk about trends. <laughs> we need to talk about what to wear out of the house. Exactly. Um, thank you. And I want to thank all of you for listening today. I'm Kim Selby, and my guest today was Paul Jolch. And I invite you all to shine and sparkle wherever you are. And if you enjoyed this, of course, please hit the subscribe button. And you can find me on my website at kim-selby.com. Shine on! Try to make it last forever.